I don't come from this industry. I do not have a business degree. There is no MBA at the end of my name. I do not have anything that should allow me to be an expert in this space from a credentials perspective. I have years of experience and I've done a really good job at using social media and and using it to my advantage. Welcome to Everything is Teachable, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to learn how everyday creators have transformed their skills and passions into online courses and businesses. Welcome back to another episode of Everything is Teachable. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Haley, and I am Teachable's senior social media strategist and host of this podcast. Say hello to Janelle B. Stewart. She's a brand coach, content expert, and teachable creator. In this episode, we're getting all the gems of wisdom from Janelle as we discuss the start of her career as a viral video content creator, getting your online course into the hands of the right people, the ins and outs of branding, and more. Let's say hello to Janelle. Janelle, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Haley? I am so well. We were just chatting about how beautiful it is here in New York City. Mm -hmm. Spring is on its way. So needless to say, I'm very happy. (laughs) Me too. I can't wait. I I love the summer, which is why I stay. And every winter, I'm like, why do I stay here? It's because of New York summers. (laughs) Oh, you cannot beat them. You can't. Oh my God. Well, I'm so happy that you're here today. Like, thank you so much for joining me. I've been really looking forward to this episode with you. And just to kind of start things off, I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your background and anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, absolutely. So hello, everyone. Like Haley already said, I'm Janelle B. Stewart, and I am a creator. I actually started as a YouTuber making natural hair and beauty content. My YouTube channel grew really, really fast at the beginning of what beauty influencers and creators were looking like. So this was back in 2010. Now, before that, I was actually a teacher, public school teacher working in Brooklyn, New York, special education. And I basically would run home and do my YouTube videos because I loved it so much. It was just so much fun. It was just a hobby and I enjoyed it. Um, My background's in education. Like I said, I went to the University of Rhode Island. I studied philosophy and political science. I thought I was going to become a lawyer. I did not. And then (laughs) I decided to go into education and that's how I got into teaching. But before all of that, you know, I grew up in New York. I was born in New York and I was raised in Rhode Island. My mother and father were immigrants from Liberia, West Africa, came to this country to find a better life at a time when Liberia was going through a civil war. I grew up relatively poor, honestly, like some of the people who might be listening did I come from very humble beginnings, growing up in the projects, not being able to afford a lot of the things that I'm able to afford now. And here I am present day. I am an online course creator. I transitioned from just making YouTube content and I started selling courses. And I also do 
brand coaching. And my life has changed so much during this time of transitioning from just being a YouTuber to being an online course creator. And it has been a magnificent experience. And I would just say, lastly, I'm a mom. I have two children. My son is 10. My daughter is eight. I'm a wife. I've been with my husband for 17 years. We've been married for 12. And uh, yeah, I, I love stickers. <laughs> I love social media. I love plants. I don't know if you can watch if they're gonna watch the video, but I have Gorgeous. a jungle. I Gorgeous. love my plants. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you so much for sharing, and I'm just really excited to kind of like dive deep into how all of your background uh, so clearly like intertwines with like your present self and how you're a course creator and brand coach and all of that. So thank you so much for sharing. I would really love to actually jump into like YouTube and because that's where you got your start and that's where you found a lot of your initial success. So I kind of love to talk about like what really inspired you to get onto YouTube and kind of how did you start, you know, putting yourself out there with creating videos and gaining all of that traction? Yeah. So starting with YouTube, with most people at the time, we just had something we wanted to say, right? So I decided I was going to go natural. And if you're someone who is like, what do you mean go natural? I don't mean green. I don't mean like when you're trying to save the earth or like using natural and organic ingredients. For Black women, when we say go natural, we mean we're going to chop off all of the chemically relaxed hair And we're going to wear our hair in its natural state. So I did what we call the big chop. And some Black women choose to do transitioning, which is when they take a little bit of time before doing the big chop. So I decided at that moment that I wanted to share this experience with other people. There were several women on YouTube doing this already. And so they were inspiring me to make the leap. Because what woman just says, I'm going to cut off all of my hair one day, unless she just like broke up with someone and was like, right. totally, <laughs> gotta start over, right? Like who just does that? Because yeah. You know, yeah. I said, I had to like share this with the world because I knew that there were going to be people who would need this. I knew that there were going to be other black women that needed this. But most importantly, at the time I was just thinking mainly, I want to chronicle this experience so I can have it to look back on. And so that's how I got into YouTube. I didn't have any fancy smancy stuff at all. I, I had an old laptop that my uncle had given me. I would record my videos. I was very nervous. I had no experience in video editing. I didn't know anything like that. And um, I just started putting out some videos. Slowly but surely, I continued to amass an audience. And as the natural hair community began to grow, like there was this evolution of Black women saying, we're going to do this. We're going to go natural as well. We're going to do this to our hair and like reclaim our beauty. And we're going to like bash beauty standards. And so when that happened, there were only a few people doing it and I was one of them. So my channel began to grow. And so present day, I don't update that channel anymore. However, that channel, which is called Black is Beautiful, has over 146,000 subscribers and over 18 million views. And oh, as a result, right? That is amazing. <laughs> amazing. And as a result of being of having that channel, I got to work with crazy, crazy big brands. I was even right. on the Dr. Oz show. I was in Essence Yes, girl. That's I was I, so many opportunities came from that YouTube channel. So many. That is incredible. I Thanks. really commend you 
on just like going for it and putting yourself out there and just being like, I'm creating this video because I'm passionate about it and I want to share my experiences with other people. And I feel like that authenticity just glows off of you when you go, when you like settle into that mindset. So that is so inspiring. So I appreciate you sharing all of that with me. We talked about YouTube and now like I know you also are just a content creation expert, branding expert. You're a brand coach. What made you really fall in love with branding and content creation? It actually kind of happened suddenly. And I think it was a natural transition that I was going through in my in my life. So when you make content, anyone who is thinking about making content, you'll probably get into this place where what you are talking about now no longer feels like it fits you anymore. And so I'm talking about natural hair as this young woman. I was in my 20s. I believe I was around 25 and I was I had no children. I wasn't married and I was just going through this journey of self-discovery. But then there's a point where it's like, okay, my journey of self-discovery is over. Like, I love my hair. I love myself. And I was now thinking, I don't know if this is something I really want to talk about forever anymore because what was so exciting is no longer exciting. Running home to do my hair anymore is now a chore. I have two kids. I'm married. The last thing I really want to be talking about now is maybe like my hair and beauty, like I have other things I'm interested in. And then because my natural hair YouTube channel was bringing around so many opportunities, I'm working with million dollar companies making hundreds of thousands of dollars in brand partnerships and Google ad revenue every year. I am also thinking about a higher level conversation and what is important to me now is changing. And so I also had a community of people who were growing with me as well. Many of them were in their 20s when they found me. Their lives are changing and what they're interested in is changing as well. So I started to feel like I was I was unfulfilled. Creating content was becoming a chore and I was starting to kind of despise having to do it because what I was talking about did not fulfill me anymore. And so when you are no longer living in your purpose, it's hard to keep it going. Even if you know, this is how I make money. This is how I'm going to take care of myself and my family. Having a YouTube channel changed my life. I literally was able to purchase our first home. We were able to make investment decisions. I made so many big changes in my life. So how could I leave that? And I had to make that choice because I just wasn't feeling passionate anymore. But I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. (laughs) Now, what is pretty interesting is that you might not realize that the thing you have been doing, you become an expert in doing it and you don't really think of it. Even though like I had no background in, in video production, people go to school for this. Like I had no background in editing. People make a lot of money in video editing, production, design, styling, makeup artistry. Like I'm doing all the things, lights and sound. Like I'm doing 10 different roles that people go to school or learn a trade and get compensated to do individually. And so social media was a big part of that. My success was coming from the community that I built, not only on YouTube, but Facebook and then Instagram, Twitter, all of my platforms platforms have grown to be uh, relatively large with large communities and following. And I recognized that maybe I could 
teach someone how to do what I did. Maybe I could teach someone how to create something from a passion or a, use a skill set and monetize it. Maybe I could do that. I, was, I wasn't sure what that would look like, but I knew I couldn't continue talking about this and I had to make a change. And that's when I decided that I was going to do courses. And for me, it was easy to choose social media because it was it was basically like all I knew, right? I, I left college and I went to school and there was no formal education. And I don't know if there is now, maybe business schools do incorporate social media and content marketing, but there was no formal education when I decided to quit YouTube specifically. So all of my education and my excess was self-taught. And so I knew my own strategies. I knew what I did. I knew how I grew it. I knew how I built it. I was monetizing it. I said, well, these are all things I am pretty good at. I know them better. I probably know how to use social media better than Mark Zuckerberg himself, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I can do this. I can do this and I can teach someone how to do this because I loved working with people. So my passion for it just came from my natural knack of using it and then monetizing it. I chose to do with courses and eventually evolve into one-on-one coaching relationships as well. So yeah. That's wow. I I love hearing that whole journey of kind of where you started and what kind of led you in to creating online courses. That's really cool. And what are some of the things that you use and strategies to really help get your course into the hands of the right people? Because I know you have like your flagship course, Content Confident, which yeah. is like really, really popular. I know that. And I see so many comments all the time from people who follow you that say like that course just inspired them to just be their best selves online, which is really just amazing to see. So yeah, what are some of like the strategies you use either maybe like social media promotion, email lists, things like that to like sell your course in the way that felt best for you? Yeah. Initially, when I decided to sell my course, my thought process was to create this like really robust experience. So I started with master classes. I'm one of those teachable course creators that didn't just find teachable like through a Google search and then set up a school. Like I was immersed in the teachable you community. And so I started to read the emails. I was going to all of the different sessions and conferences that just Katoric was hosting and I was learning a lot. And so I found that my gift was video. So I was like, I am going to use this gift of video. So master classes, aka webinars, more more so webinars, was how I began with selling my courses. I, I did get a coach because I wasn't really familiar with how a webinar should run. And I didn't want to just come out here creating these webinars and not getting the sales. Because remember, I'm leaving a business that people were paying me lots of money to do, and I need to replace that revenue. So instead of kind of like hustling through the hardships of that, I knew right away that getting a coach would be the best direction for me to go. 
So I did get a coach who taught me how a webinar, when you're looking to make a sale, should run, and then how you create your offer. So everything is done through email. And I also got my very first email marketing funnel through Teachable. It was called the Crazy 8, the Crazy 8 launch. Love that. I still use my Crazy 8 launch till this day, <laughs> no joke. I don't use it for everything, but the Crazy 8 launch was how I did my first course. And I do have a funnel today that I still use the Crazy 8 launch Four. So mm-hmm. I did everything through email. They came through the webinar and I promoted the webinar using the modalities that I'm familiar with. So I used YouTube. I made videos as my lead generator, getting people onto my email list, getting them on the email list, and then getting them excited for the webinar. Then they come to the webinar and I used all of the strategies of webinar marketing to then encourage people to get excited about the topic. And then at the very end, I was able to convert them into paying customers. And then anyone who did not purchase during the webinar, the Crazy 8 Funnel continues to nurture them and to encourage them to become a part of this course. And so that's what I did. And I use social media to let people know about the videos. So they were excited about the videos and then they got to the video and now they're excited about this webinar and then they come to the webinar, they're excited about the course. So I just kind of ran them through that. So present day, I do a lot of the same, but there's new tools and there's new features available to me. So first and foremost, I don't do webinars anymore in the traditional sense. I do Instagram lives Mm -hmm. and I do clubhouse rooms. And so using the newer tools, I'm able to have a just a a very similar experience where I'm teaching a a subject. I call my Instagram lives free coachings and as a way to highlight the profile found experience that you're getting and also the quality of the information that you're getting. I show up on social media regularly. Instagram is my jam, but I'm also on Facebook and I do love a Twitter. So I'm there as well. And my strategy for 2022 is to show up on Clubhouse with a dedicated club called Content Confident. And I host content rooms. I do my best to join in on rooms where other creators are talking about content, adding value, building connections. And I would say outside of social media and email marketing, I have a podcast myself called Look on the Bright Side, where I just create content for amazing people, dreamers and thinkers and doers who want to develop an abundant mindset. So my podcast also supports with me getting um, new people to know about my courses. I do offer freebies and things like that in my podcast that people can sign up for. That helps. And is there anything? Oh, collaborations. I wouldn't be able to reach newer audiences at the pace that I've been able to in recent years because Adam Missouri is doing something with the Instagram algorithm. (laughs) I, I joke. I know it's not him. (laughs) <laughs> but um, if you know what's been going on with Instagram, the algorithm. Oh, I do. Too well. Yeah, too well. It's fun. Yeah. So I have to try to like work around that, right? I can complain about the algorithm all day. I can shut my business down and blame Instagram or I can figure it out. So collaborations. I love I it. partner with other women all the time in clubhouse rooms and on IG Live. 
even on podcasts like this one. And that's how I'm able to reach new audiences because, of course, in a collaboration, both parties are excited about the outcome of the parts of the collaboration. So I know that if I'm working with someone and they're a feature, they're going to promote it. And likewise, if I'm a feature, I'm going to promote it. And now I'm in front of new audiences. So collaboration all the way is a part of my strategy for 2022. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. I love hearing about all the different strategies and the way that people show up on social media because it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. And it's just really cool to see, you know, where people's strong suits lie. Like you, you really love showing up on video. So that's how you show up for yourself and your audience. So I really love that. And we're just talking about social media what do you think are some of the most like up and coming social media trends that more entrepreneurs and creators should be paying attention to? Oh, I love this question because it's always changing. When it comes to Instagram, because everyone is spending a lot of time there, if you haven't already heard this before, where have you been? But we have to do those reels. And I know initially, like the reels were most of the time when people were making reels in the beginning, a lot of emphasis was put on just doing what you can to get more people to view it. However, there has been a shift and I love the shift. And maybe the shift is something that I'm experiencing more because of what the algorithm is is showing me because of what I engage with. So there's also that. But the shift that I'm referring to is professionals recognizing that they can educate people with edutainment. Right. So instead of just being like so stuffy and just saying exactly what it is, we're putting a creative spin on how we teach people things, which is really, really fun. So I have a reel where I use this audio. It's like a song, and then it's and then it says, "Go, best friend." So some people make yes, (laughs) I love that one. I love that one. It's so much fun. And if you if you use it, you can use it a number of ways, right? Anyone can use it a number of ways. You might be thinking like a personal relationship way. Well, for me, I said when I see content creators batching, and then I'm like, "Go, best friend." So I can (laughs) educate people on what batching is. And then I can highlight, listen, if you aren't batching, you're like really spending a lot more time than you need on on this content. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to educate and someone may not have listened if I just made a video saying you should batch your content because it saves you time. And it's da 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 da. And it's just like, right. Wah, 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 oh, yeah, wah, we've wah. heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's interesting. <laughs> so definitely reels. And I would also say a uh, social audio is popping right now. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that still aren't exactly sure what to do with social audio, but Clubhouse was the trailblazer with social audio. And then we have Twitter spaces. Uh, LinkedIn has audio. I believe it's just like LinkedIn audio rooms, very straight to the point. And then Facebook has their own little thing. I actually haven't used that yet, but social audio is a great place. And believe me when I tell you, there are people, especially if you're a course creator or a coach, there are people like myself making tens of thousands of dollars on Clubhouse every single month. I've been in rooms with people that were telling me that they were making millions in 2021. And I was like, okay, that's that's the goals. That's right. the goals, right? right. <laughs> so I'm working on that. I'm figuring it out. But social audio is a great way to develop a connection. It's like a blend between a podcast, but then like a live because it's live and it's audio like a podcast. So it's a great 
way to communicate with people. So that trend is something that I really think people should work towards getting on. I would say, I know this is not exactly like a new thing, but having a platform where you get to highlight your expertise outside of social media mm-hmm. is still super important. It really is. And I know that everyone that I meet most of the time, like they just have Instagram. And I don't want to give you the argument of what happens if Instagram shuts down. And, you know, at this point, if we're still saying that, People are not listening anymore because, yeah, it might shut down for a couple of hours, but Instagram isn't going anywhere. Right. Like it is ingrained in our lifestyles. So that argument is kind of like moot for me. I don't really think that we need to worry about that. I think what we need to worry about is being able to elevate ourselves as thought leaders. I, like I said, I don't come from this industry. I do not have a business degree. There is no MBA at the end of my name. I do not have anything that should allow me to be an expert in this space from a credentials perspective. I have years of experience and I've done a really good job at using social media and and using it to my advantage. So why would I allow something like the algorithm to undermine all of that because 3% of an entire audience see the content. Right. It is not in my best interest. So being in spaces that you can create to get the word out, such as having a podcast, having a YouTube channel, having a blog, those are the ways that you're going to elevate your content, elevate your profile and become a thought leader or an expert. And remember, your content that you make on Instagram is going to depreciate in value. Like I said, less than 5%, or for me, 3% of my audience sees my content. And I have over 100,000 followers. And when I look at my reach, It's not about my content. I know my content is good. It's all about the algorithm. There's nothing I can do. But it doesn't really matter because Instagram content depreciates in value anyway. Like a car, when you walk off of a lot, it does nothing for you. If you make a podcast or if you make a YouTube or if you write a blog post, it appreciates in value like a home. You know for sure that the next time you have a new interest or something that you want to know, the first place you're going to go is Google and you're going to go to YouTube. Blogs show up on Google, high ranking all of the time. We read blog posts from years ago because they pop up for us. We are watching videos, right? We're watching videos from years ago because they pop up for us. I don't Mm -hmm. care when the content was made. I want to know if it's good, right? So if you are making content on these spaces, Five years from now, 10 years from now, my videos that were made 12 years ago are still getting views. When's the last time, Haley, you looked at a, at an Instagram post from last month? Oh, yeah. Am- amazing point. <laughs> I, I really can't even recall. But yeah, when then when I go on YouTube and I'm looking up, if I'm just like looking stuff up, I don't, as long as the information that's being shared isn't outdated by that point, I truly do not care when it was published. Right. Yeah. And that's why we have to spend more time on those spaces. So I know it's not a trend because everyone is technically in those spaces already. But if you thought Instagram was going to be your entire business model, I want to encourage you to make a better choice. Love that. Yeah. Brand awareness, SEO, it's everything. Yeah. So yes. Speaking of brand awareness, I know like you are a brand coach, obviously. So amongst many other things. But if you if we're just talking just about brand right now. And if you are a fresh new creator to the like new to the scene, 
what part of your brand would you have solidified first and why? Ooh, if I were a new creator, I probably would have thought more about how I would be able to monetize and then make content for that community. I know a lot of people say, don't do it for the money, don't do it for the money. But unless you're listening to this and you're like a teenager still living in your mama's house, who has time to make all of this content and not get paid? Like we just don't have that luxury for many of us. There's just too much going on. Inflation is going up, y'all. We have like- You know, people lost their jobs in COVID or due Mm -hmm. to COVID. It's just not worth it. So I would encourage you as a new creator to think about how you can monetize your hobby or passion project from the beginning. And then instead of just making content that speaks to everyone, I want to encourage you to niche down and make content that speaks exclusively to that group, which might require you to really think hard about a pain point that you can help people with. Because unfortunately, if you just do something really well, but there's not enough support for others, there really isn't a reason to follow you and thus you won't grow. But if you are answering a problem and your information and your content is a great solution to that problem, you're going to see your audience grow exponentially. And this is exactly how I was able to grow. I was creating content for a niche group that many other people weren't. And even to this day, while I am you know, talking about content and I'm supporting people in how they make that, my niche in this industry is not the uh, burnout culture. I like to call the coaches and the people who talk about content, I like to call them feeding into burnout culture because they're so focused on how do I teach people to grow their audiences that some of the strategies are just ridiculous. Three right. to five posts every single day. Are you, what? <laughs> I I don't even know what to say when I see things like that. It it boggles my mind. It boggles right. my there's mind. Like really, there's like really good websites that talk about like how many posts you should make in a month. And I'm just like, that doesn't even make sense. Yes, I understand like you're aggregating all of the people that have that are in the study, but at the end of the day, like that information is not valuable to anyone. And it creates a culture of like I'm less than because mm-hmm. The reason why I'm not growing is because I didn't do three to five posts every day. But how exactly. could someone do that? Like, it's just not possible. That's thousands, eight, like over like 6,000, 10,000 posts in a year. So is my wild. niche is, is to just focus on how to create good quality content that achieves a goal. Yeah, I respect that so much because, you know, burnout has never been at a higher level than it is now for people across the board. And yeah, that, that, advice, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, is so unrealistic for people who have so many other things going on. It's just, it is very frustrating to see sometimes for sure. So I really appreciate you really like changing the narrative and making sure that people know that it is more than possible for you to grow your audience and make sales and scale your business by creating less content, but making it more quality. Yeah. That's awesome. So kind of like, I'm so glad that you brought up burnout and just like talking about self-care is something that's really, really important. And, you know, as a mother, as a full-time entrepreneur, how do you personally make time for yourself and how do you practice self-care? I love this question because there is so much that people take for granted when it comes to 
taking time for yourself. Uh, first and foremost, the most overlooked thing for self-care is sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And burnout culture <laughs> perpetuates this, right? You have to be constantly working and building because if you don't, then your business won't grow. There's yeah. a book that I love called The One Thing by Gary Keller. It is my favorite book, you guys. I read this book after being recommended it by one of my favorite mentors from afar. His name is Chris Doe of the Future Pro Group. Love him. Um, Love them. Love Chris. He also has a Teachable. Yes, yes. It was through Teachable. I was like, yeah, my bro's on Teachable. (laughs) So he recommended it to me. And many of the methodologies that, that Gary Keller talks about it fits me and my beliefs and the things that I do. The reason why I mentioned this book is because there's an, there's an entire chapter and or section about how successful people plan time for rest. And they don't work from day to day and then fit in rest. No, they fit their rest in first or put their rest in first and then they work around that. And I, I love that. So- yeah, it was it was like, yes, because I actually was in a place where I had been doing this very thing and then feeling like it might not be okay sometimes, but I was like, this is what I need to do. So uh, the one thing is a great recommendation for anybody who is coming into content creation and having mm-hmm. a hard time narrowing it all down. So back to sleep. Uh, sleep will do the body good. You know, the old school milk does the body good. No, girl. Sleep does sleep. the body good. <laughs> If there is any way you can work on reducing the amount of working hours you have to incorporate more sleep, please do it. Everything runs better in your life when you're rested. And some people are like, oh, I can't sleep more than such and such. I get that. You can get into it. If you're an early riser, it just means you have to go to bed earlier because I'm an early riser. It doesn't matter when I go to sleep. I'm waking up at six o'clock or 5.30. So just go to sleep a little bit earlier. So I prioritize my sleep, which as a mom means the kids have to go to bed at a pretty decent hour to encourage that. Additionally, now my lifestyle is very different because I'm at a at a place where I have a certain level of financial freedom because of the work that I do and the revenue that I bring in. So some of what I'm going to share is you might think is impossible for you, but uh, set up your teachable school, hit me up for coaching, and maybe we can talk about it and you can do these things too. Um, (laughs) Yes, love it. What I do is every single month I take the second week off. So that way I'm not meeting with clients. I'm not meeting with my team. I'm just off. It allows me a break from all of the mental work that goes into the creative process, that goes into being a, a leader or a boss. It allows me the freedom to not have to feel like I need to be on top of everything. And even if I do a little something here or there, it just gives me a piece of I don't have anything on my schedule today. When you wake up and you know that there's nothing on your schedule, you move different. You have a different swag. You have a different energy. And so knowing Mm -hmm. for an entire week that I have nothing really helps with my mental health. Um, Speaking of mental health, I do go to therapy. I would never encourage any person who is creating content and being on social media. I would encourage you to go get therapy. I know you probably don't believe this, but you're probably addicted to your phone. I can't tell you. I can't tell you one of my creative friends that would admit that they're addicted to their phone, but I will be the first one to tell you, I am addicted to my phone. I yep. try not to use it and I my hands 
itch for it, Haley. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I put oh, it Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I have to force it. myself to not look at it when I first work, wake up in the morning sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. bad. It's really oh. hard. And people don't want to admit it. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. It is hard to not feel for it, think of mm-hmm. it, look for it. We are addicted. So therapy is good, just not about your phone Instagram addiction, but just to help you be grounded. So I do go to therapy on a regular basis. I also do take uh, breaks. So this is kind of back to the one thing with Gary Keller. I have decided that there are certain months of the year that I am not going to work. It requires a lot of planning, right? It requires me to uh, really boost up some of my funnels to get more course sales and more revenues in either right before uh, or the months leading up. Uh, so that I can take August off because my kids are home. And as a mom, you want to be able to do things and I want to be able to travel and trying to squeeze in launches and meeting with one-on-one coaching clients and social media and all of that to keep the business growing. It's just not going to work. So I have to plan ahead for that. So those months off help, uh, two weeks in the end of December, all of August, and then many of the days of March, which is when my birthday is. I work out as often as I can, not for just weight loss, although that is a goal as well. However, working out releases so many endorphins in the body. It relieves stress and anxiety, which many creators have. I know you probably don't think you do, but social media, unfortunately, has created, and there's there's studies on this if you care to go look at it, social media has created an anxiety that we didn't have before because mm-hmm. we weren't always connected. Yeah. So when we were disconnected, for those of you that even know what that time was like, because not everybody knows, but when we were disconnected, we had freedom and space from being around others or knowing what others were up to and just being updated on things. And we don't have that. So there's an anxiety when you do some content and then it doesn't do well, right? There's like a sadness that comes over us. And we have these feelings in, in lots of ways. Comments, you know, some people get really bad comments or some people say things that just really, really bother you, or a relationship you have with someone, you might misconstrue it because of what you saw on social media. Are they talking about me? Is, Is this about me? Like, are they mad? Are they not? Like, there's just so much anxiety that comes from being on social media and exercise helps to just settle you a little bit better so that you can just get through your day easier. So those are some of the things I do. I I love podcasts and books. I love spending time with my family, like all of those things that you might be thinking. I know people think self-care, they think masks, massages. Yeah, I do those things too, but these are the things things that a pedicure can't help, right? Therapy and exercise and sleep. You got problems, I promise you, no amount of facial clay creams is going to solve that. Yep. (laughs) Oh my God. I totally agree. Self-care sometimes, a lot of the times actually, is doing the the harder stuff, the not so glamorous things. So I am glad you brought that up because it's so true. 
Oh my goodness. So many good tips. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So this is a question that I like to ask every guest because the answers are always different. So I like to really, it's just really interesting. So if you were starting an online business today, what would you do in the first month? I would work aggressively to build my email list. I would work aggressively to build my email list. If I don't already have an audience, then I would start sharing every part of my experience. If my Depending on what the business is, I would share every part of growing that experience with others so that they can come into my ecosystem. And if I were starting an online business, either as a creative or even as an expert, I would want to cultivate trust and loyalty around the community that I serve. So instead of coming out of the gate with buy my this, hire me for this, which is which is eventually you have to do, you should start with developing the community, trying to get them into your onto your email list so you can continue to nurture them and as you grow during this month, you'll start to see that the quality of people who either are following you through social media or visiting your website and and shopping with you as a patron, they will be the type of patrons and customers that are going to be around for a very long time. It's There's nothing better than when someone joins my program and they say, like, I've been following you since you were making natural hair videos, right? I, That's the best. It's the best. And they know everything about me. They know everything that I've shared, which I also share my family. They've been around for a very long time. And guess what? I stopped making content for them a long time ago, but they're around because there's an investment in me and what I do. And they might not know, like, will I need Janelle now? Or I should probably just unfollow because I don't really need this anymore. And now here they are signing up for my course and I'm continuing to be a part of their experience and their journey. So you want that. You want those loyalists, the the legacy followers, I call them my legacy followers that have been around forever, because those are the people that will talk about you when you're not in a room and say, you, you should go and follow Janelle B. Stewart because I've been following her for a long time and this is something that she can help with. You want people that can do that. You want people that when your stuff does come out, whenever that is, or if should they ever need it, you want to be the first person that they think about to get said thing. And you want someone that is going to just be an all-around advocate and ambassador for whatever you do. So no matter what you transition in into, because it, it may happen, you're doing this for the first month. We don't know what this business will look like for you in a year or in five. Mm-hmm. And as you transition, you want people that are like, yeah, whatever Janelle's doing, I'm here for the ride. Like <laughs> that's right, what right. you want. So community, community, community. And of course, email us because that's where you're going to make most of your sales especially if you don't have the budget, like most people who are doing this for the first time to do ads and, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Perfect gem of advice right there. (laughs) Such a good way to just round this out. And I'm so like, thank you so much for sharing that. And Janelle, before like we, you know, say goodbye, where can people connect with you or learn more about you and your website and your services and all of that? 
Absolutely. So I am everywhere at Janelle B. Stewart. I can actually say, Google me, okay? Because <laughs> if you Google yes. me, everything will come up. Yes. So I'm Janelle B. Stewart everywhere. I go live on Instagram every single Sunday, which gives you okay. the opportunity to join me if you want to have a live experience. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse on the regular if you want to join me there, if you're on that platform. Lots of great coaching conversations on Clubhouse as well. If you're interested in any of my courses or my, my main program, Content Confident, or even coaching, should you feel as though make, maybe making a membership community is something you want to do, um, I help people with that. You can just DM me. I am very accessible. I am very approachable. I'm super friendly. So you can just hop in my DMs wherever it is and and we can chat. And then if, if you want to take it further from there, then become a follower, become a subscriber to my email list, and you'll be able to stay in the loop of all the things that I'm doing. Amazing. And I can confirm Janelle truly is an amazing person. She's the sweetest. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. And then before we hop off, do you have any last words of wisdom or inspiration for our listeners to take away from this? I sure do. I want to encourage you to plant seeds and then water them. A lot of the things that you want to do and what you might want your future to look like you have to start now. Don't be afraid to take action. Don't be intimidated of what the gap looks like from where you are to where you want to be. I never imagined that making the decision to open up YouTube one day would change my life in the way that it has. I was a teacher and I was supposed to only make $100,000 in I think the 20th year of being a teacher. And for the last 12 years, if you add them all up, I've made multiple millions of dollars. Wow. And I planted a seed by putting a YouTube video out and putting another YouTube video out and just, just going with the flow, pivoting and not quitting along the way, along the way, and just planting seeds and watering them every single time. Just just do that. And I promise you, stick with it and everything will work itself out for the better. Janelle, you are such an inspiration. Thank you so much for sharing not only that, but just everything in this entire episode is just so valuable. And I'm so excited for everyone to listen. So thank you so much for your time. And I will I will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Haley, and the entire Teachable family. Thank you yes. so much for creating this platform. I honestly don't know what where I would be or what I would be doing. So I thank to the, all of the founders of Teachable. This platform has really, really changed my life, my family's life, the people, the lives of the people around me because of my courses. So thank you all so much for an amazing platform and, and having me as a guest it's such a full circle moment to be a teachable creator and then be a guest on the podcast. I'm it's, I'm very grateful. Thank you so much, Haley. Oh my God. Of course. It is my pleasure. I'm so happy that you joined me today. This podcast is produced by Teachable, your go-to platform for course creation. Since 2014, we've helped more than 100,000 creators earn over $1 billion from online courses and coaching products. 
How do we do it? By managing all the logistics, like coding and payment processing, to make it easier than ever for you to share your knowledge online. To learn more, visit teachable.com.